0: Welcome Sojourners! You have found yourself a cozy place here at Sojourners Awake. I'm Jonathan, and this is our production of The Bookish and the Brave. In the last few episodes, we found out that Vaughn was sent through Hell by Lord Basile. This took the Monk out of the fight, and in this episode, we discover what Vaughn encountered. Rest assured, it was certainly not without incident. And so for now, our story continues. A young monk sets down his brush. His fingers are coated with various paints smudged between a wet red and dry green. He then kneels down before the fresh painting of the clover blade. The long sword pierces the green clover, which is pinned to the breast pocket. The monk smiles and thinks it quite noble to represent the order with such a literal expression of the namesake. Brother Dogoth remains in Baldtop Library during Friar Vaughn's travels. In the meantime, he keeps up with the cleaning and maintaining the Friar's room and his equipment and weapons. Now, he begins meditating before the painting hanging up in the room. His mind wanders towards the good of the Order. In between breaths, his thoughts shift to Vaughn's well-being. His eyebrows furrow. Something is wrong. Brother Dogoth slowly begins chanting and focusing on the Friar's safety. Hours pass and still, Dogoth fails no release. Consciously, he determines to fast from all sustenance until he senses the danger has passed. Meanwhile, Vaughn braces himself between the party and Lord Basile. In a flash of movement, he instinctively throws Aramante's backpack to the other side of the room. She slides under the bed, safe from whatever strikes may follow. Lord Basile takes the opportunity and throws a well-timed punch into the monk's face, but Vaughn welcomes the strike and allows his body to flow with the energy exerted from the warlord. He should have resisted. As this was no normal martial attack, Lord Basile utters an infernal curse as he strikes Vaughn with brimstone and sulfur. Vaughn first feels his legs weak, then he feels nauseous. His vision goes blurry, and Hawkins to his left disappears from sight, sterling nowhere to be seen. He could still hear Ascendantin calling out encouraging words, and to that he held on to. For now. He felt the ground open up beneath him and a thousand hands grab a hold of his legs. Yanked with a brutish force, his body was flung through time and space. For an agonizing, indiscriminate amount of seconds, his body shook until suddenly he slammed against the hard floor, made unnaturally of large stones, hard as obsidian, and hot to touch. Vaughn, you look up from the floor and your eyes focus on this internal citadel. You are within a stone building lit by torches illuminating dark hallways. Nearby, a flowing red river of molten lava snakes through whatever construction you are in. The heat introduces beads of sweat on your brow. Nearby, in a stone courtyard, walking casually along this road is some kind of creature about four feet tall, walking and sliding, leaving a trail of sticky yellow slime. In its hands, it delicately holds a string of blanched white skulls. As you look up, the creature seems indifferent to you and garbles some horrible language muttering to itself. It then rattles the skulls in some kind of warding spell and continues its patrol. How do you proceed?
1: Vaughn is going to hop up on his feet uh, immediately and wing his head around to uh, take in his surroundings, try to establish uh, whether he knows where he's at or not, and um, identify what he thinks is the best way out and
0: immediately start moving in that direction make a survival check dc 19.
1: that's a 14.
0: vaughn wanders off through the hallways the walls are embossed with human faces whining in agony the flickering lights make your shadow dance upon the floor the slime of that creature leads off into one direction to the left and to the right the other hallway displays two doors one closed tightly and one cracked open how do you proceed
1: so Vaughn doesn't have any sense of where he's going at this point he will he will peek in the door that's cracked open stealthily
0: you peek into the door and hear the shuffling of papers someone mutters in a garbled language and you see the shadow of a large caterpillar with two antennae sprouting from its head you recognize this as some sort of fiend.
1: Does he notice any doors on the other side of that room, or is it just the one way in and out?
0: This is just a one entrance room.
1: Okay, um, he's going to move on to the door that's closed. See if he can uh, quietly open. Check Check to see if it's open.
0: Make a stealth check. 15 or higher. 15. The doorknob is hot to touch, but opens easily. The room inside glows with a bright red light by the face of 16 furnaces. The heat makes breathing difficult, and in the center of the room are three people, a young man, and to his right and left, a woman, and a very old man. They sit on the floor, humming a dire tune and linking these chains together one by one. And the chains are fed by some kind of magic from the furnaces. And these black chains coil high to their sides as they work endlessly, transfixed on their job.
1: I perceive that they are slaves. They're stuck there doing this work. Indeed. Vaughn will, Vaughn will sneak in the room um, and try to get in their, in their line of sight. Um, with his hands up in a non-threatening way and maybe actually maybe with his finger at his lips or whatever signal would be appropriate to say stay quiet.
0: The young man raises his head and he stops humming the tune for just a moment and you see him mouth the words, who is there? Do you hear that? Stop singing. And nearby the older man strikes him on the shoulder and he just starts working harder and singing louder. Nevertheless, the young man continues to look towards you as if he is trying to perceive your presence.
1: Do I notice if he is blind?
0: No, he appears transfixed.
1: Yeah, Vaughn will walk in front of them and uh, then quietly say, Who are you and what are you doing here and where is here? I'm going to go closer to the young man. I I don't know that I'm going to get close enough that he could reach out and touch me but I'm going to be close enough that he can hear me uh, speak quietly to him. And I don't know that I'm going to kneel. I think I'm uh, I'm going to stay in a ready position.
0: As you stand in front of him, you see the young man and realize he pauses his work and the chains fed to him by the furnace start to pile up to his side. He sets the chains down and listens to your voice, raises his head up. His face is smudged with thick, black soot. But when he makes eye contact with you, he calls out, Henrik? And you recognize the face of your brother. Brother, what are you doing here?
1: Here, keep, keep working. I don't want you to get in trouble. This is my, my home. What are you doing here?
0: This is my work. How, how did you get here? I... I died. But no, then I then I woke up and was taken by a thousand hands and the taskmaster and issued this work. And who are these with you? <laughs> Don't you know?
1: Vaughn looks at him a little more closely.
0: You see the face of your mother and the face of your father, but much older and in despair.
1: Would Vaughn have any knowledge about... Um how to release them from this work bondage. Uh, He's not a very religious guy. None of them were, but.
0: Make a religion
1: check, 18 or higher. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. That's a five.
0: Vaughn, you are clueless about the history of Vacatino and how your family's afterlife judgment has left them here in a cycle of eternal work.
1: I don't know where we are and I don't know what you're doing here. But I did not die. I was sent here by Lord Basile, and I'm trying to find my way out. Uh, can I take you with me?
0: No. <laughs> we, are, we are damned. Why? If you are here, you must have died as well. I don't think... Now that I see, where are your chains? They will see you not working. Who are they? You are paying for the... Sin- the Taskmasters. They oversee the steeple bottom Judgment. They see to it that we atone for our sins. Each chain represents one soul we wronged.
1: But I did not wrong people.
0: You never could see, could you? Or maybe you chose not to. You did not wrong people. We did not wrong people. You, Henrik, will end up here as well. As a steeple bottom, you will join us in the atonement. You will join us in this judgement. <laughs> maybe, maybe you chose not to see Vaughn. But now, it is clear to me that with each chain I have forged, I am aware of each family we wronged, we extorted for. Not only ours, but father and grandfather and great-grandfather, all the way back to the first steeplebottom. Our family was built on the extortion and the hunger of others. There is a reason the revolution happened.
1: You don't understand. I was feeding them. I was feeding them on behalf of the steeplebottoms. This can't be true. Whatever wrong grandfather and great-grandfather did, I was fixing that.
0: Well, and he looks down at the chains, then it was not enough. And think of our mother. She married into the steeple bottoms. Do you think she intended to pay for the sins of our father and grandfather of our entire family's heritage? What were we supposed to do? Run away and become a monk like you?
1: It seems like that might have been a better option. Uh, If this is what you were doing and this is how you ended up. Uh, I ran away so that I could do good. That I could help people. That I could do it on behalf of the Steeplebottom name. And that's what I was trying to do when the revolution happened.
0: Well, I can see now that you are in mortal flesh, but... I truly hope that you are surprised at where you arrive upon your death. I suspect it will be here like the rest of us, but if for some reason it isn't, and you do have the ability to save us as you wish, in the case you must make a choice, please choose mother before myself or even father.
1: I will do my best to rescue all of you. but. I will save Mother first. Uh, I need to get out of here. Uh, if you say that there are people that are watching. Uh, I will find my way out. I will right this wrong. I will eliminate the true un- evil one. Lord Basile, the one who's behind all of this. And I will free you if I can. Uh, I have very wise friends that I can ask uh, to help me understand what is happening here. but. For now, you continue to do what you do, I guess, and I will hopefully release you soon. Farewell, family. Vaughn's gonna rush out.
0: Your brother does not look back, and your mother and father do not look up, but continue to fashion the chains and atone for their family's sins. When you rush around the corner, you immediately bump into someone. Due to your size and strength, you knock them to the ground and they are flat on their back, with papers and scrolls scattering across the floor. You immediately notice they wear purple robes, and they greet you. Oh, uh, that's... Oh, that hurts. Uh, what the devil? You're not a devil. No. Who are you? My name is Vaughn.
1: I was sent here by uh, an evil wizard and... I am trying to find my way out. What are you doing here? You have purple robes.
0: Oh, Vaughn, nice to meet you. I am a, uh, Yes, wearing purple robes, and I am a slave here. And, um, was just r- looking for my master. You have not... you not have seen him, have you?
1: I don't know who your master is. Are you dead as well?
0: <laughs> yes, yes, I, I am dead. Vaughn, make an insight check. Thirteen or higher. Ugh, it's not going to do it. Nine. For the moment, you do believe this person is dead. Ah, uh, yes, I am dead. A uh, slave here in Vacatino, and uh, I will do my best to pay off the sins of myself and my family until one day I am atoned for.
1: Well, let's make an agreement. Uh, I will tell your boss, that your master, that you are looking for him if you can point me in the right direction to get out of here. Because I am still mortal and I will find my way out.
0: I, if I could pray for you, I would. Oh, a mortal soul in Vacatino, that has not happened for many, many years. Uh, if you want to escape, uh, it is not difficult. And he points in the direction of the exit. Uh, b- b- beware This, this citadel is built upon a high tower, upon a tall and inscalable mountain. It is dangerous out there in the land of wilderness.
1: Okay, Vaughn makes a note in his mind of where the exit is. Where is it in relationship to where I'm standing now and where that room is with the caterpillar dude?
0: The exit is in the opposite direction. Okay.
1: Caterpillar dude's the other way, and the door is... Okay. Um... Vaughn is going to... What is your name? What was your name?
0: Ah, my name. You may call me Zatar.
1: Zatar, thank you for showing me the way. If uh, you could do me one more favor, if your master happens to show show up anywhere close to here, would you please take him in the opposite direction you see me go?
0: Ah, it is the least I can do. I I will envy you, a mortal being able to come and go as they please, but truly, I hope you find your way home. Farewell, Vaughn.
1: Thank you, Zatar, and if there is a way for me to help all of you that are suffering here, I will do that when I return to the mortal plane. I promise. And Vaughn's gonna take off.
0: Vaughn, you rush through the corridors, following the path as you were guided. Along the way, you hear shrieks of voices calling out, in agonizing work. An eternal work. In Vacatino, there is no rest for the Wicked. Finally, you stop at the exit door, large, double-framed wooden doorway with a window to the right and left depicting a reddened landscape beyond.
1: Yeah, he's gonna take a deep breath. Uh, He's gonna turn around. Uh, Realizing that there's nothing he can do for any of these people in the current situation, he's going to open the door and rush out.
0: As you step out the door, the ground falls beneath you. And you see this door opens into a vast chasm, the citadel resting upon the highest point of the mountain, thousands of feet off of the ground. Instinctively, as you fall, you spin around and grab hold of the side of the cliff. Your hand slams against a rocky hold, and white-knuckled, you hang there, your feet dangling above a dark, endless void. Suddenly, your skin heats up and begins to disintegrate, starting with your feet and climbing up your legs. Your face shimmers with light, and the same feeling of moving through time and space assaults your senses. The smell of brimstone wafts as your soma disappears from sight. Finally, the remains of your grip releases the cliffside, and your presence leaves Vacatino. And so for now, our story concludes. Every story comes to an ending, so for now we must conclude. Thank you for listening, Sojourners. Your attention will not go unrewarded, and we look forward to continuing this adventure. If you enjoy this background music and ambiance, you should visit Tabletop Audio. Find them at www.tabletopaudio.com. And take the time to sojourn with us. Leave a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform so others may find us along their path. But however you choose to sojourn with us, as always, may your story continue. Are you looking for a D&D podcast for the dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls.